0: You're listening to All the Books, a weekly show of recommendations and enthusiasm regarding the week's new book releases. This is episode 271, and today we are talking about books being released on August 4th, 2020, and more. I'm Liberty Hardy, here with Kelly Jensen, and we're coming to you from bookriot.com. Hello. Hello, Kelly. How's it going?
1: I am hanging in there. How about you?
0: The same. Yeah. The same. It's almost uh, August. We're actually recording this a week early. Because I'm on, like, summer vacation, and I thought maybe I should actually take a whole week (laughs) off. Because I didn't want to stop doing the show, because I love doing the show. So, I was just telling you before we started recording how I woke up this morning, and I'm like, we're recording the August 4th show. And I thought that I had forgotten my friend's birthday, which isn't for, like, another five days. Because (laughs) I don't know what day it is, because we're recording early. So confused.
1: I, I mean, and honestly... I'm just confused about the date every day. Every day I wake up and I have to be like, it's not Friday today. It's Thursday today. Yesterday I was convinced all day it was Thursday. I'm like, nope, it's only Wednesday. Yeah. So I feel that deeply.
0: Yeah. I think that Palm Springs was a really great movie for Hulu to release right now during the pandemic because every day kind of feels the same. Mm-hmm. You know, I I've left my house twice since, you know, March 13th and I get up and I'm like, I don't know what day it is. And someone can tell me in like five minutes later, I'm like, what? Huh? But I don't know. I'm sure a lot of people are experiencing that. Yeah. But, so let's see. What else? Oh, oh, so this is your last show. It is my last
1: show because I cannot keep up with you. I feel terrible. I just burned through the now. <laughs> but honestly, it's funny because we've been doing this together almost two years now. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a valiant effort. Yeah. Well, not just that, but I mean, that's a long time. Yeah. So it'll be nice to have some fresh voice in here, you know? And like, what I love about this show is everybody can rely on you. And at the same time, they also get to hear from such a wide variety of other readers and hear about different types of books that like, I might not pick up and talk about, but somebody else would, which I think is a good thing.
0: It is a good thing, but I'm sad that you're, I'm sad that you're going. Yeah, I'm
1: sad because I love doing this with you.
0: Well, maybe we'll do like a host roundup of the best books of the year or something at the end of the year. Maybe. So because it is my vacation Mm -hmm. and because August 4th became the dumping ground for the rescheduled releases of a lot of spring titles... We're just going to hit on some highlights, uh, most of which we have not read yet, but we (laughs) are excited about for one reason or another, uh, and just kind of just relax today and and just have fun, you know? Before we do that, we're going to hear from our first sponsor.
2: Today's episode is brought to you by Random House Publishers of Wild Ground by Emily Usher. A story of first love that will break your heart. Wild Ground is a bittersweet novel that follows two teenagers whose all-consuming relationship is tested by the forces of class, prejudice, and addiction in a small English town. From the beginning, it has always been Neef and her beautiful, troubled mother, Chrissy. When they move to a small town to follow Chrissy's older boyfriend, it's a chance to start over. And on the first day in their new home, she meets Danny and the two form a friendship that gives way to the slow burn of romance as they grow up desperate to escape the confines of their world and the forces that hold their families hostage, like substance abuse, poverty and racism. Now, this is perfect for fans of things like normal people, euphoria, and sex education. It centers working class women in small town England. It's steeped in the dialect and lyricism of Northern England. So make sure to check out Wild Ground by Emily Usher. And thanks again to Random House, publishers of Wild Ground by Emily Usher for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books for Young Adults. From number one New York Times bestselling author, Jennifer L. Armantrout, comes a book I have to tell you about. It's Half Blood, and it follows Alex and her mom who have spent years on the run from The Covenant, a school where their pure descendants of gods hone their powers and half-mortal teens train to kill demons for them. When her mom is murdered, Alex has two options. She can become a servant for the Pures or work twice as hard to catch up in her training, The second option seems easier, but it gets a little complicated, you see, when pureblood Aiden becomes her personal trainer. So falling for Aiden isn't her biggest problem, surprisingly. As demons close in, she must fight to stay alive, even while others around her are dropping dead. So again, Jennifer L. Armentrout does the thing when it comes to romance, fantasy, adventure, all those things. Other books are Blood and Ash, A Shadow in the Ember, all those good things. Make sure to check out Half Blood by Jennifer L. Armentrout. And thanks again to Bloom Books for Young Adults for sponsoring this episode.
0: Okay, so I am kicking it off with Wandering in Strange Lands, A Daughter of the Great Migration Reclaims Her Roots by Morgan Jerkins. And as I mentioned, we have not read several of these. I'm just going to read a little bit from the book blurb. I don't even have a copy of this one. I'm very jealous if if anyone out there already has it. And she wrote the uh, This Will Be My Undoing, which was a great memoir, which came out, I think, almost two years ago now. But it says that uh, between 1916 and 1970, six million black Americans left their rural homes in the South for jobs in cities in the Northwest and Midwest in a movement known as the Great Migration. And this is Morgan Jerkins following in their footsteps, seeking to understand not only her past, but the lineage of an entire group of people who have been displaced, disenfranchised, and disrespected throughout our history. And it says that there are interviews, photos, and hundreds of pages of transcription, and she talks about that uh, through her own family's oral histories. And she's so amazing. I loved uh, this will be my undoing. And I feel like I don't know what she's up to these days because I don't go on Twitter that often anymore, which I think is a thing for most people now. <laughs> like you go on there, it's just like, ah, I can't look at that. So I, I feel like I've fallen out of what Morgan Jerkins is up to, but I'm looking forward to reading this one. That is. Wandering in Strange Lands, A Daughter of the Great Migration Reclaims Her Roots by Morgan Jerkins.
1: My first pick is one I have read, probably the only one I have read in this this roundup, but it's The Black Kids by Christina Hammonds reed and this book has had its publication date changed twice, so I want to make sure that it gets hit for August 4th. It actually comes out August 4th, and it's a coming-of-age story set in 1992 Los Angeles during the Rodney King riots. And while a lot of the marketing has really played that up in the publicity, it's not necessarily the biggest piece of the story, which is really and truly about Ashley, our main character, learning to understand herself as a privileged black girl at a private school who has this community of white friends at a time when race becomes really important in her particular community and in the media. Slowly but surely, Ashley begins to understand that being black means she is treated differently from her white friends, and when she begins to make nice with a few other black kids at school, she really starts to understand what it means to be one of the black kids as well as what it means to fully embrace who she is. There's been some comparisons to The Hate You Give, and I don't like that comparison for this book. To me, anybody who liked Angie Thomas's book is going to like this one, but it's a way different tone and energy to it, and far more internal. I guess is is the best description for it, and it's one that just shows a coming of age story in a different time and place, and from a perspective we are still sorely lacking, especially in YA, and that is the Black Kids by Christina Hammonds Reed. Okay,
0: my next pick I have read twice because I am obsessed. <laughs> it is Harrow the Ninth by Tamson Muir, which is the second book in the Locked Tomb trilogy. It is the sequel to Gideon the Ninth. So back in the fall, I had an opportunity to interview Tamson Muir, and she wouldn't really tell us anything about this book. And people were, like, in the audience were asking questions, and she's, like, all I will tell you is that it changes what you think about the first book. But she wouldn't, like, say anything. And so now there's, like, this very brief description of this book, and I feel like that even gives away too much, especially if you have not read Gideon the Ninth, which I have read ten times now. Mm-hmm. Please, I, let's talk about it. Let's read it. We'll discuss it. I'm so crazy about this book. I just did a chapter breakdown for tour on their website and it's just been so much fun i'm obsessed with gideon the ninth which is like this weird sci-fi horror locked room mystery and it's just really funny like so many people have read this book and said i never would have read this book if you hadn't kept shoving it down our throats Mm -hmm. and it's nothing that i would have ever read but i loved it and that is the reaction i get from most people i mean it's just so weird and amazing and so this next one is Harrow the Ninth, but, like, I really don't want to tell you anything about it because I feel like it gives everything away. And so I'm just going to stick with what Tamson Muir said in the fall, which is it changes what you think about the first book. So pick up Gideon the Ninth, then pick up Harrow the Ninth. This one got moved from June, and I know so many people were disappointed. So it is out now. That is Harrow the Ninth, the second book in the Locked Tomb trilogy by Tamson Muir.
1: My next pick is The Girl and the Ghost by Hannah Alkiff. and this is a middle-grade ghost story based on Malaysian folklore, so I am all in. I loved Alkif's YA debut and cannot wait to see what she does with this middle-grade story. So it's about a girl named Surya, whose grandmother gifts her a pelicet, which is a ghostly companion, and she names this companion Pink. The two of them become inseparable, but... Pink has a dark side, as do all Pellicets, and Pink's shadow might consume both Pink and Soraya in darkness. This is a book that's been compared to Dollbones and the Jumbies and digs into love and friendship and jealousy, and I just, I have not read enough international horror and folklore uh, stories that are based in these other cultures, so I'm really excited to pick this one up. That is The Girl and the ghost by Hannah Elkoff.
0: My next pick is a novel by Ronan Hessian, who is apparently a, not apparently, it says right here, is a popular (laughs) Irish musician. I myself have never heard of him, but this book is called Leonard and Hungry Paul. I have not read this, but it sounds marvelous. It's from Melville House, which they are a wonderful indie publisher. And it says, it asks the simple question, can gentle people change the world? And it's about... Two 30-something single men who still live with their parents and who are just nice. They take care of their parents, they play board games, they like to read, they like their jobs, and they are just kind and normal all the time. And it's about, like, their life and what's meaningful in life and what you can do when you are kind. So that is Leonard and Hungry Paul by Ronan Hessian.
1: My next pick is A Mind Spread Out on the Ground by Alicia Elliott, and it's an essay collection by a First Nations writer that hit shelves in Canada last year, but it is coming to paperback in the U.S. today, and I cannot wait to dive in. I love essay collections, and especially essay collections by those from marginalized backgrounds, and Elliott is how do I native first nations from canada so the essays in this collection dig into the long lasting trauma of colonialism and the influence of colonialism on native bodies and minds I'm just going to read this little blurb because I can't describe it any better. From the description, it says, Elliot makes connections, both large and small, between the past and present, the personal and political, from overcoming a years-long history with head lice to the way Native writers are treated within Canadian literary industry, her unplanned teenage pregnancy to the history of dark matter, and how it relates to racism in the court system. Her childhood diet of craft dinner to how systematic oppression is linked to depression in Native communities. With deep consideration and searing prose, Elliot extends far beyond her own experiences to provide a candid look at our past, an illuminating portrait of our present, and a powerful tool for a better future. I cannot wait for this. And that is A Mind Spread Out on the Ground by Alicia Elliot.
0: My next pick is a YA book with... The most amazing cover. It is Lobizona by Romina Garber, and it is about a young woman. It says, Manuela Azul has been crammed into an existence that feels too small for her. As an undocumented immigrant who's on the run from her father's Argentine crime family, Manu is confined to a small apartment and a small life in Miami, Florida, until her protective bubble is shattered. Her surrogate grandmother is attacked, lifelong lies are exposed, and her mother is arrested by ICE. As Manu uncovers her own story and traces her real heritage all the way back to a cursed city in Argentina, she learns it's not just her U.S. residency that's illegal, it's her entire existence. So it is a werewolf story, which is very cool, but also, you know, talks about deeper issues that are very important. So that is Lobazona by Romina
1: Garber. My next pick is The Disaster Tourist by Yun Kuian and translated by Lizzie Bueller. And I find Disaster and Dark Tourism totally fascinating. So, this is a, a fiction story, but a book that bills itself as a feminist eco thriller about disaster, tourism, climate action, and the Me Too movement is. 10,000% up my alley. So the story follows a woman named Yona who works for a company that is called Jungle and Jungle specializes in travel planning to places that are disaster tourism hotspots. But there is a predatory colleague at Jungle and this person is making Yona's work life really challenging. So the company offers an alternative. She can be sent on a paid quote unquote vacation to a desert island that hasn't been one of the most profitable destinations for the company, and she's supposed to pose as a tourist to decide whether or not to keep the partnership going. It's a super underwhelming destination when she arrives, but when she gets wind about the island's plan to manufacture a disaster in order to drum up business, Yona knows she has to stand up either for the company she works for she has to lie or she has to do a little bit of both in order to help the residents who live on this island permanently remain safe. And that is The Disaster Taurus by Koen and translated by Lizzie Bueller.
0: I really want to read that one. I just got it in the mail yesterday? Two days ago? So I'm excited to check that out. It looks so good. Yeah. So before I tell you about my next pick, we're going to
2: hear from another sponsor. (laughs) Today's episode is brought to you by World Editions, publisher of Salamalik by Khaled al-Asmael. In this unflinching story about Arab masculinity and homoeroticism, Farat, a Syrian in his early 20s, visits Sibki Park in Damascus, one of the city's most popular cruising areas. There he learns about the Hammams, secret meeting places for gay men located throughout the old city. So inside these public baths, the air is thick with the scent of bay laurel soap, and naked men hide in the steam. Ferd faces sometimes violent disapproval from all levels of society, regime, religion, the man in the street, you name it. And yet he manages to find the love he's been seeking just before his world collapses and he's forced to flee. Find out more about Salamlik by Khaled al translated from the Arabic by Larry Price at IndiePubs.com slash products slash Salamlik. That's S-E-L-A-M-L-I-K. And thanks again to World Editions, publisher of Salamlik by Khaled al asmail for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. okay my next book is
0: life of a Klansman: a family history with white supremacy by edward ball ball is the author of the national book award-winning memoir slaves in the family and this one is his memoir about his great great grandfather who was a member of the ku klux klan and ball wants to bring attention to the fact that we think that this is a rare occurrence to have People be members of the Ku Klux Klan, but he says that demographic estimates suggest that 50 percent of whites in the United States have at least one ancestor who belonged to the Ku Klux Klan at some point in history. That is, one half of white Americans could write a Klan family memoir if they wished. And he wants to bring attention to this. He also talks to people who were affected by this and their family members, and it just it sounds you know very interesting. Um, I'm trying to read more nonfiction, and this just sounds great. I really thought Slaves in the Family was an excellent read. So this is Life of a Klansman, A Family History with White Supremacy by Edward Ball.
1: Migrations by Charlotte McConey is my next pick. And if you can handle Station Eleven as a reader right now, which I have come to discover that end of the world stories are actually something I can handle right now. The comp to this book will be enough to make you want to pick it up. So this one has had all the comparisons to Station Eleven and sounds awesome. It's about a woman named Franny who has had an unexpected loss in her life. And she's also found this deep love and passion for nature being unwilling to lose any more in her life, she decides to set off to Greenland to find the world's last flock of arctic terns and to follow them on their final migration. To get there though, Franny has to smooth talk the captain of a ship to take her aboard and she does this by promising him and his crew that there will be all kinds of fish for them to find on this journey. But as it Continues as they're together as they're traveling to Greenland. More of Franny's past begins to spill out to the crew of the ship, making it clear that this might not be entirely a journey about seeking the last migration of turns. It's science fiction that's very science-based about nature and loss and grief. And I am so excited to read this one. That is Migrations by Charlotte McConaughey.
0: My next pick is The Death of Vivek Oji by quake Amazi. They are the author of Pet, which was just an incredible book that came out last year, and also Freshwater, which came out the year before. And this one just sounds absolutely devastating just from the description and amazing. The tagline is, what does it mean for a family to lose a child they never really knew? And it takes place in Nigeria, and it's about beginning one afternoon in a town in southeastern Nigeria. A mother opens her front door to discover her son's body wrapped in colorful fabric at her feet. What follows is a tumultuous, heart-wrenching story of one family's struggle to understand a child whose spirit is both gentle and mysterious. Like, I'm just going to cry just reading that already. And I'm such a fan of Pet and Freshwater that I cannot wait to read this one. Has an amazing cover. Riverhead just knocks it out of the park with the covers every time. So this is The Death of Vivek Oji by Akwaik Amazey.
1: Fangirls, Scenes from Modern Music Culture by Hannah Ewens is my next pick. It's from a university press, and it's about the multifaceted experience of being a music fangirl and how it helps people... Both forge a unique identity as well as a shared experience with one another. And despite the title, it's not just about girls connecting, as this book also digs into the queer experience of music and bonding as fans as well. This is nonfiction, if that weren't clear. So Ewan's talked to hundreds of self-professed fangirls across the US, the UK, and Japan. And the book looks at things like Ariana Grande and how she represents both Tragedy and Triumph, what it felt like to meet Lady Gaga, The Power of the Beehive, and more. And it's about reclaiming the label of fangirl and owning the awesome nature of being a fangirl. When I was looking for books, I wanted to read this episode As I was reading the description of this one, it really reminded me of a book I loved and love having the opportunity to pitch because not enough people have read it. And that is Nathan Rubens' You Don't Know Me, But You Don't Like Me, which is about the bands and fandoms behind Fish and Insane Clown Posse. And I always bring this book up because you see Insane Clown Posse show up in the media a lot. People are always surprised that they're very radical in their politics, but that book is very much about exactly why that is. And why people are often so put off by the fandom around this band, um this book by Hannah Ewen's Fangirl sounds like a great companion read to that, and that is Fangirl Scenes for Modern Music Culture by Hannah Ewins. I really like that Nathan Rubin
0: book as well. I thought that was really great
1: yeah i was it was such a cool dive into fandoms that just get such a bad reputation and Like as somebody who's never listened to Fish, never listened to Insane Club Posse, my respect for the bands and for like the passion that people have for these bands like skyrocketed.
0: Yeah, it was really interesting. I myself have never actually listened to either one of those bands, but maybe someday (laughs) they'll check it out. My next pick was just on the Center for Fiction's long list for best first novel. It is True Story by Kate Reed Petty. And it is, uh, before I start discussing it, I am going to give a warning that it, I'm going to mention Assault. Uh, it is about the 15-year fallout of a toxic high school rumor. It's about two time periods, the present and, and a writer named Alice, and also the past, a Maryland high school and a lacrosse team. The, Nick is narrating that section, and it's him and his teammates. And they're, like, the kings of the school, and they have wild parties, and there's this rumor that starts about a girl who is at their party, and she is passed out in a car, and two of his teammates drive her home, and then the rumors start about what happens in that car and what happened to that girl, and how, like, what she doesn't remember, and what they say did or didn't happen, and... It's about, you know, toxic masculinity and sexual assault, and it says that it's part psychological thriller, part fever dream. And like I said, it was just on the long list for the Center for Fiction. That is True Story by Kate Reed Petty. I keep wanting to say Katie Perry, (laughs) which is what keeps throwing me when I'm trying to talk.
1: My next pick is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson, and I just finished my 23-hour audiobook journey with Wilkerson's The Warmth of Other Suns, and I'm super eager to continue with Cast, as I have a feeling it only further builds upon what she did in that book. It's an exploration of the unnamed cast system in America and draws from real-life examples and experiences comparing what has been going on in america and what has been unnamed in america to caste systems in india and nazi germany among others she digs into how this caste system is built upon the very foundation of our lives and how it began at the colonization of america it sounds exceptionally timely and important and vital right now and like i said i literally just finished the Warmth of Other Suns this week, 23-hour audiobook. And so I cannot wait to start this one. It's a little bit shorter, but I suspect a lot of the themes will weave these two books together in really compelling ways. And that is Cast, The Origins of Our Discontents by Isabel Wilkerson.
0: That was, you reminded me, I wanted to mention The Warmth of Other Suns when I was talking about Morgan Jerkin's book at the beginning, because that's mm-hmm. also an excellent book about The Great Migration. Yes. Won several awards and so excited to read her new one. My last pick is also on the Center for Fiction's long list for Best First Novel. It is Luster by Raven Leilani, and I've heard nothing but amazing things. just people raving about this, and the tagline is, No one wants what no one wants, and how do we even know what we want, and how do we know we're ready to take it? Uh, and it is about a young woman in her 20s living in Bushwick and the choices that she makes in her life, and how she deals with her situation and everything that is going on. The cover, I keep talking about covers, like I feel like Mm -hmm. every year the covers astound me even more than the year before. This one stood out right away. I'm looking forward to reading it. It is Luster by Raven Leilani.
1: My last pick is A Furious Sky, The 500-Year History of America's Hurricanes by Eric J. Dolan. Listeners who have been tuning in for a bit will see a common theme in my reading life, which is books about weather and nature. So I'm absolutely fascinated by a book that digs into the history of American hurricanes. And Dolan traces the history of hurricanes beginning with colonization through Hurricane Maria in Puerto Rico, following not the news sensationalism of the storms, but rather the stories that you don't get to hear as much. So the shipwrecks, the cities that were hit hard, as well as the individuals who were heroes and helpers throughout these traumas i i pulled this little description from the official blurb since i can't say it better but the book looks at how hurricanes impacted american history altogether hurricanes it turned out prevented spain from expanding its holdings in north america beyond florida in the late 1500s and they also played a key role in shifting the tide of american revolution against the british in the final stages of conflict As Dolan moves through the centuries following the rise of the United States despite the chaos caused by hurricanes, he traces the corresponding development of hurricane science from important discoveries made by Benjamin Franklin to the breakthrough spurred by the necessities of World War II and the Cold War. Of course, the book digs into what it is we do and don't know so far about how climate change is inevitably changing these storms, making them much stronger and more devastating. And I was reading that there's something like over 100 pictures in this book throughout as well, which, count me in. That is A Furious Sky, The 500-Year History of America's Hurricanes by Eric J. Dolan.
0: All right, those are 16 books that are coming out today, August Mm -hmm. 4th. And I have to tell you, even with the 16 that we chose, it was hard for me to narrow it down. Yeah. There are, I have like 300 books on the list that I was putting together because I kept moving books to August 4th. And it was amazing. Also, you did an excellent job. I feel like I was really on vacation <laughs> the show. I was like, here's oh! a book. I like it. Um, Okay. <laughs>
1: so- <laughs> you know what? It's all good.
0: We'll call this my, my vacation show.
1: Yeah, so everybody who's listening just know how lazy Liberty is. In that <laughs> she only read three of these books and only has a list of three hundred titles of books coming out today. Like, how dare she? Okay, when you
0: say it like that, it's kind of. <laughs> but I just I'm like, wow, we we just blew through these and it was amazing. But now we're going to read more books because that's what we do. Even though you are not going to be joining me next month, um, what are you going to read next? I'm currently reading Hood
1: Feminism by Mickey Kendall uh, in print, and I blew through about half of The Answer Is by Alex Trebek on audio. Interesting little side note about that. That just came out the week we're recording, and... Trebek doesn't perform it, like he does the introduction and then he does one huh. chapter in there, but it's Ken Jennings who does it, which is oh an interesting choice and also super jarring because as I'm listening, I'm like, I want Alex to be reading this to me, not Ken Jennings, because I keep thinking this is then Ken Jennings' book, but it's not. But it's good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. What about you? What are you reading? So... I just picked up
0: Camp Murderface by Sandra Mitchell and Josh Burke because Mm. I had to get that book because the title, (laughs) I don't even really know what it's about. I'm going to guess it's about camp. I still, I just keep looking at the spine and being like, Camp Murderface. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to read that. But I'm also uh, reading The Black Cabinet, The Untold Story of African-Americans in Politics During the Age of Roosevelt by Jill Watts. I'm all about the nonfiction on my vacation. That is it for us today. Thank you to our sponsors. Thank you to our amazing audio editor, Jen Zink. Drop us a line at all the books at bookriot.com if you want to talk about books or Gideon the Ninth or you know, <laughs> insane clown posse. Uh, you can find us online. We hang out on Instagram. Kelly is Hey Kelly Jensen, and I am Friends and Comes Alive. And if you want to give us a treat, you can go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating or review. It helps other book lovers to find us. And as much as we would love to tell you about more books today, I'm on vacation. So you can read about more titles out now in the show notes at bookriot.com slash all the books, as well as find a link to our weekly new books newsletter. And in the meantime, happy
1: reading. Happy reading, everybody.